welcome to Idiot Talk History. <laughs> I am your host, Matt, and with me, as always, are my co-hosts. First up is Innes. Hello. And Lorna. Hello. And we've got a special guest for today, Dan. Hello. Hi. Um, do you like my intro? You didn't say <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was alright. No all one right. seemed to be on board with that. Very festive. It is very festive. Um, we're recording this just before Christmas, but obviously you're all listening. It's all coming to your ears uh, on the 27th, 28th? 27th. 27th, thanks for putting me right down. Um, so we've got a report from me today. Anyone else want to say anything before I begin? Um, have you had a nice festive oh, period? Oh, yeah. Have um, you had a nice Christmas? How was your Christmas day? Yeah, yeah we were alright. Yeah, mine was good. Alright. Pulled a few crackers. Oh, we did that actually. We've already done that. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. What about you, Lorna? It's been good. It's been good. Dan? I've, I've loved it. Oh, God, that's what I want to wear. So I've got a uh, quite a Christmassy, quite a festive uh, report for you today. And I was uh, struggling a bit, to be honest, trying to put it together because I was looking for events that took place during the festive period, had a bit of a festive tinge to it. Um, you know, like I, I did those Halloween festive ones. Tinge. So that's what I've written here. Mm. I'm just, <laughs> just ad-libbing it a bit. Okay. Um, riffing. Yeah, riffing. Riffing. Um... You know I did those spooky tales for Halloween? Yes, the werewolves. The werewolves. And they're like spooky tales. You can sort of, for Halloween, you could choose spooky tales when, which happened whenever, really. Because it mm-hmm. fits the theme of Halloween. For Christmas, there's no like, what's the theme that you can choose? Snow. Christmas. Yeah, yeah. but Christmas. <laughs> you try and look up Christmas stories, it's really difficult. Because if you just type in like spooky stories, they're like, okay, Different werewolf. traditions. Yeah, Christmas. but that was a bit yeah. boring, so I didn't do that. Because a lot of them are similar. Like this little type. You could have done Father oh, Christmas. Yeah, Chris Kringle. No. Right. Krampus. Right. Resin, yeah, but Krampus. Well, yeah. Cold. Okay. Anyway, um, I did actually look into Coca Cola. You know how Coca Cola fa- oh, yeah. and they make Father Christmas, but I read about that. But it was only about five minutes, so I'm not doing that. Anyway. <laughs> so I've chosen events that took place on Christmas Day throughout history. Ooh. Okay. That's why a good you? One. Why are you? Sorry, I, just, I looked by accident. Oh. Um, so <laughs> I got a lot of these from the same website, um, and there's a lot that I left out. So basically, I'm covering like a thousand year period in a 40 minute report. Um, and a lot of them actually, this website must be like Australian. There's a lot of them about cricket. Like, so many were like, on this day in 1800, the Australian cricket team beat Bangladesh in a cricket game. And Why I was are like, playing cricket on Christmas Day? They just do. It's like a. They just do. Uh, <laughs> Basically, this is my condensed history of Christmas from 1066 to 1968. What happened in 1066? Well, well, well. That's amazing. Was that on Christmas Day? Well, I'm going to get to it. So, I actually missed out a really good one, which was the first one I found, which was 1990 or 1991. The the first ever web page and the first ever URL was used. Mm, First ever use of the internet, yeah. Mm. 1066, though. William the Conqueror, or William of Normandy, was named King of England. So, he was a year of 1066. He'd taken on King Harold at the Battle of Hastings on the 14th of October, which is, everyone knows it, in Britain anyway, British history. Um, and William had rocked up uh, on his boat, landing at Pevensey, two weeks before the battle, and he was ready, but Harold was uh, fighting another battle. Does anyone know what that battle was? Depression. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> probably depression. Probably what did you say? Uh, something to do with Scots. Um, he was actually fighting uh, at Stamford Bridge, which isn't far from York, and he was fighting Harald. 
Harold. Oh. Hadrada, oh, the king of nice. Norway. Nice. And he wanted the throne. Is that who you mentioned in one of yours? Oh, there was a few Haralds. Yeah. Uh, and that yeah. was on the 25th of September, so that was bit, basically two and a bit weeks before before Hastings. So before the Battle of Hastings, it used to be under Danish rule, didn't it? England? No. Well, it was King Harold of... Norway. No, no. He was... King Harold of Norway came over to fight King Harold of England. Yeah, oh, right. was a, there was a Harold Bluetooth yeah. of Denmark. Bluetooth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then there was a Harold Fairhair yeah. as well. So, but this Harold, the Harold who was ruling was from I can't remember where it is. It's somewhere like west. Yeah, somewhere west of in England. Ireland. No, it was part of England, which is like to the west. I can't remember. But yeah, Harold Hadrada came over from Norway, fought on the twenty fifth. Harold of England defeated him. Kept his throne, but that's when um, he he heard the news that William the Conqueror, William of Normandy, William of Orange, don't know, came um, was basically had landed in in England. So they had to rush down to uh, to meet them, and um, with most of his army, and they they brief they briefly stopped in London. Oh, some of them will have died, won't they? Yeah, a lot Up of them will have died. Yeah, um, but there's a bit of debate about how big the armies were. Some say that. Harold managed to still get a really big army, but others say that he, because of, you know, he just fought two weeks before up, and obviously they just wandered, they had to walk down, um, all gun horses. So some people say they didn't have his full force, but, uh, and William's army was full of not just Normans, but people from Brittany, Aquitaine, uh, France, and Maine. Anyway, most people think that they had about 5,000, 7,000 men in the army, which is really big uh, by the standards of the day. So, um... King Harold obviously died at the Battle of Hastings um, and the Biotapestry, which we have been to. Have you been Ooh, to the Biotapestry? Me too. I've yeah, been to it? the Biotapestry. Yeah. It's in France, but I can't remember. I think it's in yeah. Normandy. Or is it in Brittany? Because we've been to both of those. I think Normandy. Is it long? Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, it's very long. <laughs> Thanks. Can it you, tells the whole story. Can yeah. you touch it? I don't think no, so. No, I think it's behind glass. Really but uh, it seems to show... So no no one knows definitely how he died, Harold. Uh, it seems to show him with an arrow through the eye. But there's also an image of him being like trodden by these horses. No, he got shot in the head. Um, oh, did he? Mm. Okay. <laughs> but... It, no, because I bet he got shot in the head with an arrow. And then he's the just eye. like... Down and then he's like, oh, yeah. I, need to, I need to fall over. I didn't. Yeah. And then the horse is gone. I've got another. Do you want me to read you another source? Which is one of the earliest we have about the event. And this... Um, Source has him been hacked to death by four Norman knights. So, and I quote, The first, cleaving his breast through the shield with his point, drenched the earth with a gushing torrent of blood. The second smote off his head below the protection of the helmet, and the third pierced the inwards of his belly with his lance. The fourth hewed off his thigh and bore away the severed limb. So... Merry Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That was... It was bad, wasn't it? Is it so someone I, did that to him? I'm, I'm worried that's going to make a podcast explicit this week. No. Um, so, yeah, apparently four four nights just, like, took him out, basically. What, is this instead of the eye? Yeah, that's someone else's source. Who mm. Like, the closest source we have, like, written to us to the day, they said that. That's one of them That's one of them rumours just gets exaggerated yeah, and exaggerated. Like, yeah. and really, no. probably just, like, tripped up. whispers. Tripped up and fell on an arrow. <laughs> <laughs> you think he got shot with an arrow? <laughs> Well, either way. Well, How do we know, Very good. <laughs> yeah, true. So the battle went on for nine hours, and it was dusk by the time victory was determined. And then William had to go to London to be crowned. So that's why he was only crowned on Christmas Day, because he, he took his time. You know, he'd had a tough battle. He went to yeah, London and had a few drinks on it's the way. festive time, isn't it? Pub crawl. It's getting merry. 
on the way up. And on the actual day, on Christmas Day, it's a bit of a ruckus. So, I'm not going to read this whole thing because I forgot what it says. Basically, what happened was, when they were in, um, which was it? Was it Westminster, are they? They were in an abbey or a cathedral, you know. We were Westminster. And um, they, were, they were like, the archbishop was like, do, does everyone agree that William should be our king? And both the Normans and the British all went, yeah, in their own language. And the guards outside, I don't know if they were British or Norman, didn't, they heard all this like shouting from both sides and they didn't realise what they were saying because they didn't understand the language. So they thought there was like um, someone had betrayed someone, there was an argument. So what oh, they did no. was, they thought it was treachery. Um, so they rashly set fire to all the buildings around it. <laughs> so instead of being like, I'm going to rush in and save them, they're like, like, what should we do? Set fire to everything. Oh. So oh this God. fire spread rapidly from house to house and the crowd who'd been in, in, inside the church who were rejoicing got terrified by this oncoming fire and everyone ran out um, and only a few bishops and clergymen stayed with the king who apparently was trembling from head to foot and everyone else and, uh, ran. Um... So, basically, then they had to carry. They quickly carried on and quickly made him king, like anointed him king or whatever you do. Um, loads of people started looting as well. Then in the confusion, <laughs> so it was a bit of a mayhem, really. Um, and apparently, the English after this never really trusted Normans again, who they thought betrayed them. Whenever um, you say Normans, I always think it's like a group of people called Normans. <laughs> <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> Um, and then this is just a little bit so we're going to go through the dates but then I just found on the same websites a little bit about other monarchs who were crowned on that day or a little bit of a royal history throughout Christmas Day so it's a bit of a segue bit of a mm. side project I did so Charles II was crowned King of Scots in, in 6051 um, but there was a lot of murder and mayhem as well um, so Henry I once cut off the right hands of those who debased his coinage over Christmas what does debased mean? So, well, it says in a mutiny of the mint men. So the people who were making the coins must have done something like put someone else's face on it. Or like chop off his nose. Put like Mr. Bean's face on it or something. <laughs> or done something weird. And he chopped off the rams for it. Um, Archbishop of Canterbury Thomas Beckett was killed four days after Christmas. This isn't that cheerful yet. Um, and Ed, this is my favourite one. In the 1300s, Edward III introduced a game where the monarch would abdicate Abdicate. Abdicate. <laughs> Abdicate, in quotations. And a courtier, so someone who, you know, one of the people around in the, uh, one of his men, um, chosen by finding a bean hidden in a 12th day cake, would become king or queen for the day with a, and I quote, lord of misrule to preside over the revels. Good fun. Banter. So basically, they were just like, you could be king for the day. And everyone was like, hey, it's king. And but in Scotland, they called this period the Daft Days. <laughs> which was quite funny. Well, if they did it every Christmas, why don't we know about these people that were king for a day? No, but he, he, he didn't really abdicate. Oh, okay. He just like was like, you can make it go and sit on the throne. Put it's my probably like on. just a game in like the castle. Yeah, yeah. for him and, his, him and his men. And he found a bean in a cake. And then he got to be king. Do you reckon they all had a piece of cake then? And it was like... He's got the is bean. it like if someone yeah. proposes I keep thinking and the rings a, in the cake? Yeah, but you don't want to bite it, do you? Nope. But... I could think it's like a jelly bean, but it wouldn't. It wouldn't look like a baked bean. Yeah. <laughs> oh, a kidney bean. Kidney yeah, bean. a kidney bean. Uh, another you one. Know, Sorry, go on. I can give a bit of a Danish history. Oh, go on. For Christmas, they have a, like a rice pudding. And everyone has a bowl of rice pudding. And inside the rice pudding, there's a, a whole almond. And the person who finds the almond gets the almond present. 
It's just a small present, but yeah, oh. similar. Yeah, I so hate well. almonds. They're not yeah. also they're not catered for nut allergies there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, also, man. when I when I do that, I always forget, so I'm just chomping away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. On, yeah. on what you think is right, soggy rice. <laughs> and it's all this is a bit almondy. This bad bit there. Um, another little bit of royal history. Charles the first was uh, a party pooper. Uh, when he stormed Parliament uh, during Christmas on 1941, which triggered the English Civil War, which then paved the way for br- for Christmas to be banned for a decade by the Puritans oh. under Oliver Cromwell. We'll get to that later, though. Mm. And then the final one, this is slightly less related, really. Queen Mother uh, raised eyebrows in 1939 when, as Queen... It says as Queen, but she was Queen Mother. She went Christmas shopping in the Aberdeen branch of Woolworths. <laughs> <laughs> Not on Christmas Day, oh, just right. on the Christmas period. Oh, I won't be open on Christmas Day. It's just such a weird. It sounds like something from Alan Partridge. <laughs> the Aberdeen branch of Woolworths. Woolworths was a good shop. What, what was, was she called? Well. She wasn't called the Queen Mother. She was the Queen. Then. So she was. Um... No, she was the Queen's mother because it was King. Oh wait, 1939. Yeah, she would have been Queen, queen. Regent. Um, was it the king? Oh, was yeah, it king? King George? Okay, oh, well, it might have been Edward with that, but I don't know. Abba dream. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so we've gone on from 1066, which was what that one was, to 1492. We talked about this in a previous episode. Anyone remember what 1492? Yeah. Oh, it's the Treaty of Tordesillas. So, Christopher Columbus... I'd be bad if I didn't get that. Yeah, that was my topic. He's a, his ship, the Santa Maria, runs aground and it's sunk on the north coast of Hispaniola. And then the crew are left to found a colony as Columbus returned to Spain. So basically his ship, uh, his ship crashed nearby and the, this little Native American um, tribe sent out canoes to help these Spanish people out, save them. So Columbus wrote that their... Um, Due to this, that nothing was lost, not even a shoelace, which is a really weird thing to put in a letter. Um, and he said, I do not believe there is a better people or better country. They love their neighbours as themselves, and they have the softest and gentlest voices in the world and are always smiling. Um, but he went back home and he told his men to build a tower and a fort about five miles from this not Native American village. Um, and on Christmas Day, it was called La Navidad, yeah, which means, is Spanish, yeah, yeah. Christmas. Uh, and he basically told them to continue exploring and look for gold. That's Feliz Navidad. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Um, so that was what happened on Christmas Day in 1492. 1621, so we're jumping a bit. Uh, Governor William Bradford of Plymouth Colony, which is in Massachusetts, forbids game playing on Christmas. Oh, that's bad. That, that is beige. So this was, as I mentioned earlier, a bit of Puritans. So... It was oh in Puritan places. No monopolies, Yeah, yeah. You'd hate that one, yeah. Yeah, I know. I um, that. Yeah, in the 17th century, Puritan places basically banned Christmas uh, and made it illegal because um, they didn't find any scriptural scriptural justification for celebrating Christmas. And so they thought it was like, adult, I, not adultery, idol, idolatry. Idolatry. Um... Yeah, they're basically having a good time, and the governor just said, we're not having this. Late in the 17th century, these laws were repealed, um, so you could celebrate Christmas again. 1643. 1643, Christmas Island was founded, so similar to Easter Island. Mm. Was founded. What's, what's Christmas Island? It's just an island in somewhere. Was it Easter Island as well? Yeah, Easter Island. Is there a summer island? 
No, because Easter Island was founded. They found they landed there on Easter yeah, yeah. Sunday. Christmas Island was found because um, Captain William Miners of the East India Ship Company vessel, the Royal Mary, landed there oh. on a on this like unfound, undiscovered island on Christmas Day. Cool. And he called it Christmas Island. It's not very imaginative, though, is it? Like, call like, the name of yeah, I'd call it myself, to be honest. Matthew Island. Well, yeah. Singleton Island. Singleton Island, probably, yeah. Mm. The Singleton Island. Ooh. Singleton <laughs> Islands. Let's find a few. Single town. <laughs> yeah, that's where the capital is. the capital, yeah. <laughs> oh, we do well. Think of any smaller villages? Um. <laughs> I'm struggling to notice. <laughs> no, no, no. 1741, so that was 1643. 1741, uh, the astronomer Anders Celsius. What did he find? Oh, he did the, the thermometer. <laughs> he, um, no. The temperature. Yeah, he, he introduced <laughs> the centigrade temperature scale. Why are all these people doing this on Christmas Day? Oh, what? Well, they've got better things to be doing, honestly. Why are they not playing Monopoly? I know. Oh, <laughs> Monopoly. I've got a joke for you. Oh, God. Do you want to hear it? Go on. Might need to cut this out. Is the, it's not is the great. punchline Monopoly? No. Okay. So we're That's all right. Um, my friend was asked to uh, design a new version of Monopoly. Mm-hmm. He thought, I'll give it a go. <laughs> oh, rubbish. Oh. <laughs> I thought it was good. <laughs> you know, I'll give it, it a go. Like, 200 to pass go. No. Never played. Oh. <laughs> oh, you could have said that before. You all know that I've not played Monopoly. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I've told you to at least three times. Oh, well, I'll have to have a game. And what, then you this, can then this, you can tell the joke again. This Christmas, well, sorry, that Christmas, next Christmas, next Christmas now, next year. Over. Yeah, yeah. Um, Does it have to be Christmas? No, to be honest. You can be played all play, year round. That's the magic of it. I used Monopoly. to play every day at uni, at least twice a day. That's where you got really Come good. Yeah. It's also you played Mario Kart every day, and that's yeah, why you yeah. really good. Oh, it was so good those days. We've got <laughs> a bit off topic, but. I've got an interesting point about this Celsius thing. Go on. <laughs> that's interesting. The time of discovery, he set zero as the boiling point of water and 100 as the freezing point for water. Hmm. That's the opposite of today. How does that work? Why would he do that? What do you mean? I, I think that it work? makes more sense the way it is now. Yeah. Because, oh, right, okay. So, so anything I was thinking that over zero, if it's boiling, then surely freezing would be minus 100. No. So anything over 100 would be frozen if it was water. Right. Yeah. And everything oh, yeah. Yeah, will be bubbling. So I don't know who turned it around. Um, Maybe uh, Mr. Fahrenheit. <laughs> no, <laughs> that was a rubbish. That was a rubbish laugh as well. What was me? Yeah, yeah. I was just having a little oh, drink. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um... No, Fahrenheit's different. Work found on Christmas Day because I didn't find it. That was 1741, 1758. Um, have you ever heard of Halley's Comet? It's actually pronounced Halley's Comet, apparently. No. I think I am. Why have I heard of it? Very that? famous comet. Yeah, I've heard of it. Well, you've just looked at my screen, that's why I've heard of it. Halley's Comet, it was the return of Halley's Comet uh, was first sighted by a guy called Johann George Pallitz. And that's probably the most famous comet in the world. Um, and it comes back into Earth's vicinity every 75 years or so. So it's lasting in 1986 okay. before any of us were born. And it's going to be coming back like 2061. Ooh, I hope we see it. So why do you think it's called Halley's Comet and not Plath's tits? Because a girl called Halley's. Yeah, so brilliant. Yeah. 
He didn't know. Is it named after English astronomer Edmund Haley? Well done, well read. It is named after English astronomer Edmund Haley. So why is this event, as I said, in 1758 important? First time they saw it on yeah. Christmas Day. That's yeah. They said it was the return, though. Oh, um, it's because they thought it was just a passing comet. Yeah. No. So basically, Haley had examined reports of a comet approaching Earth in 1531, 1607, 1682. And he hypothesised that it would be back about 1758. Mm. So he didn't obviously live to see it. Um, oh. But this showed for the first time that at least some comets orbit the sun. And then they've actually tracked this back now as well. So comparing what they knew about the comet then and when it would have arrived during like history. So some say the first known observation of the comet took place in 239 BC by some Chinese astronomers. And some say it was actually 466 BC, so it would have been seen by ancient Greeks. Which is pretty cool. I so. didn't know that they did astronomy really back then. I thought it was more yeah. like, oh, we can see the, your star sign. Orion's like, belt. Like, Orion's belt. Oh, there's the bear, the great bear. But I don't think they did like... But they would have been like, that. well, yeah, they did, apparently. And they named it and they knew it was... No, but they, would, no, they, they didn't know it until 1758. Yeah, but that's still quite early. He was the first one to hypothesise. Yeah, but 466 BC, they were seeing it. I yeah. think it's cool that we see the same... So if we see it in 2061, we'll have seen the same one, the ancient Greeks. So. But that's like rain, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to be fair. <laughs> it is, yeah, yeah, it's the same... It's like, the we same drink the water. same water as, like, Eric Bloodaxe. Yeah, they say when you drink a glass of water, it's been through about eight people already. Nice. Oh, so I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, it's cool. all the same water, so. Yeah, it's just like It's rain. been purified, isn't it? Oh. Um, it's probably been all sorts. <laughs> I've got a good link. There we go. Come on. Haley's most famous, uh, or Halley's most famous appearance occurred shortly before the 1066 invasion mm. of England by William the Conqueror. So it was said that William believed the comet heralded his success and the comet was actually put on the biotapestry in William's honour. Mm. Good. good link, Anna. I'm good, Anna. Why should I put the start? I saved it for now. Yeah, but now you're linking back to the start and we're not going back to the start. <sighs> Sorry to criticise so, yeah, you. I feel me. it's in the right place, otherwise it would have ruined Oh, is it in chronological order? It's in chronological order. Oh, okay. you notice. I'll let you off. I didn't notice. <laughs> So, we're going to jump forward 18 years to 1776. Mm -hmm. Which was the battle. Are we going America? It's America, yeah. It's a civil, civil war. Yeah. No, it's not a civil war, it's the yeah, American independence. Yeah. So, George Washington, apparently, this is a bit, I've never heard of this. In America, this is like every school child knows this. George Washington crossing the Delaware River. I feel like I recognise that. Didn't you mention that? To you, the other week. On the pod? No, just to you, I think. Um, or maybe I did actually. Well, I was on the pod. Hmm. Um, and basically, has anyone heard of Hessians or Hessians? Don't know what they are. I'm pretty sure they're just British people, but I don't know why they're called that. So it's really famous apparently in America. He, um, all school students know, but it's not really famous here. And it was during the American Revolution. George Washington crossed the Delaware River with like 5,000 troops, and he wanted to surprise these enemy forces because they were celebrating Christmas in their like winter quarters in New Jersey. And, um, yeah, they just basically <laughs> snuck in, took them by surprise. That's mainly it. It's not that interesting. Sorry, Americans. It's not very nice, that little Christmas Day. Yeah, but I've got a better Christmas Day war story soon. Sizzle. No. Bit of sizzle for you. Now I've just got a couple. <laughs> in of... face every time you say Christmas 
Oh, you need to get like a little uh, frying pan. Effect, yeah. Oh, yeah. I do. I do. Is that be good? Eighteen away. I'll just be like. Go on, let's practice. I'll do. I'll say it. You do the sound effect. Uh, let me re- repeat. Uh, we've got another war Christmas story in the future. <laughs> no, I messed that up. Anyway, sizzle, sizzle. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm making it like buzzing. <laughs> like a bee that's sizzling. <laughs> oh, that's rubbish. I'll cut that out. Um, oh, that was good. <laughs> so, do you remember? That was 1776. Yeah. 1809. Was... I've got a couple now. 1809, the physician Ephraim, good name, McDowell, performs the first abdominal surgery in the US. Mm. Why is he working on Christmas Day again? People are dying, Lorna. <laughs> so it's an over. <laughs> <laughs> He's a kind <laughs> guy, wasn't an, he? A very ultimate. Yeah. So he basically removed a 22 pound ovarian tumour. Whoa. On Christmas oh, Day. Geez. What a hero. Twenty-two pounds is a lot. That's isn't a it? lot. I know. That's How like much is that in grams? You could buy like loads with that twenty-two pounds. Um, oh. oh. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything. Uh, Eighteen eighteen. Skipping forward. First known Christmas Carol. What do you think it was? It was Silent some. Night. Oh yeah, it was. was it? Eighteen oh eight. It was German, wasn't it? It was Austria. Oh. I'll give you the uh, I'll give you a version of it. So first known Christmas Carol, Silent Night, Holy Night, also known as Still Nash, Heilig Nacht. I think that's Still Nacht. Yeah, yeah. Heilig Nacht <laughs> <laughs> was sung uh, in Austria. Can so, sing it? No. Still Nacht. Heilig Nacht. That's the general gist. Uh, I don't know what that accent was. Why did you voice that so weird? Any, any Austrian listeners, please, please like send in your your version. Yeah. Do you yeah. have any Austrian listeners? I don't know. Not well, anymore. Not, <laughs> not, not after this. Um, so that was eighteen oh nine. Was a physician was with the tumor. Eighteen eighteen was a Christmas Carol. Eighteen sixty eight. Um, despite bitter opposition, U.S. President Andrew Johnson granted unconditional pardon to all people involved in the Southern Rebellion of the Civil War. So people were happy with that, but... Because it was Christmas. Yeah, he was like, okay, you know, it were bad, obviously, you rebelled against us, but we'll let you off, essentially. 1898, um, so during the Boer War, from 1899 to 1901. Oh, 1902. That was before Robot Wars, wasn't it? It was, yeah. See, that was good. That was a good joke. Lana didn't laugh. No. Uh, sorry, I didn't think that was a good one. No. Oh, I thought it was. Sorry, Dad. Well, so, <laughs> okay. um, just like strapping little like weapons onto balls. Yeah, it's just animal cruelty, really, isn't it? But it was actually fighting in South Africa against the balls, uh, Britain against the balls. <laughs> it's the killer lot. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, so basically, the shelling that they did, this is really sad, so. You shouldn't really say this. You shouldn't be making fun of the bull. Lots of people died. Oh, that was an horrible one. I hope they paid that up. Uh, Hannibal Lecter over it. Um, so the shelling on the besieged Ladysmith, which which is a place in South Africa, included one shell which contained a plum pudding. Why? I don't know. It was Christmas. But would it not blow up? Yeah, probably. <laughs> but yeah, just an interesting little Christmas fact for you. And then 1914, here we go. The legendary Christmas truce. Oh, I've heard of that, yeah. Took place on battlefields mm-hmm. of World War One, uh, obviously between the British and the German troops. And apparently, instead of fighting, soldiers exchanged gifts and played football. So I've got a little 
bit of backstory about this one. It's a bit of a trend, if you know it. Some of them have got backstory, some of them I should tell you what happened. Really good report. Uh, <laughs> so it was Christmas Eve 1914, and men of the British Expeditionary... Expeditionary... Expeditionary, really thank you. Force, the BEF. So it's got the BEF, the BEF. Uh, they heard German trenches to Herman heard right. German troops in the trenches opposite them singing carols, probably Silent Night. Um, it was such a and I've patriotic songs. Yeah, in the film they sang it. Yeah, in the film. It is. So yeah. they were singing carols and patriotic songs, and they saw lanterns and small fir trees along their trenches. So it was a little celebration, and then basically they began to shout messages between the trenches. And the following day, British and German soldiers met in no man's land, obviously in the middle, uh, and exchanged glyphs and gifts, uh, took photos, and some played impromptu games of football. They also buried casualties and repaired trenches and dugouts. After Boxing Day, meetings in no man's land dwindled out. So, the truce was not actually observed everywhere along the Western Front. Elsewhere, fighting continues and casualties I can't speak did did occur on Christmas Day um, some officers really unhappy basically that they decided we're going to stop fighting and worried that it would undermine fighting spirit and after 1914 high commands decided on both sides that uh, in order to prevent any truces on a similar scale happening again the uh, they decided we're not going to do it despite this the, uh, there have been some isolate, isolated events later on of brief truces during the war, not only at Christmas. So, um, there wasn't actually a single organised football match between German and British sides. There was sort of small-scale kickabouts. Mm, the um, best kind. Yeah. Jumpers for goalposts. Yeah. Um, it would have been too big for the lads. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's a bit unruly. Like when you play at school and you're just like PA and it's like, let's have a game of football and it's like 30 of you. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, all, you're people changing teams halfway through yeah. the game and you're like, well, you just joined the winning side then, made it worse. I think, yeah. Great um, mm. But um, you can't really do that in the war. Change teams, <laughs> I probably shot, I believe. Yeah. So that was just one of the many activities that took place. Um, I don't have any other ones. Um, but uh, as I said, there was other battles like uh, this battle YSER, yes sir, that took place on, over the Christmas period. That's in France. Um, and people who did dare to go over the trenches uh, into Norman's land, some were just shot. So this has took a bit of a turn, hasn't it? Um, and the Belgian, the Indian, and French troops who witnessed episodes of fratern fraternization were puzzled. And some were very angry about this. The fact they were being really friendly towards Germans. So that's not that nice in the end. Could have left some of that out. Mm. 1930, so this is... Uh, Wall Street crash. It's not, actually. It's about the first US bobsled run that was open to the public. Oh, nice. <laughs> that's better. That's better, isn't it? It's going there on Christmas Day, though. Why not? That's quite a nice thing to do. It also sounds very dangerous. We went to a bobsled thing, didn't we, in France? Remember? Yeah. It was just like a pub. I've never seen one before, like a public bobsled. Well, I think run. bobsled is ice. We just done on concrete. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, but it also sounds very dangerous. That was in on a lake, Lake Placid in New York. Uh, another little fun one at nine thirty-two during the King George's 
King George V's Christmas dinner speech, his chair collapsed. <laughs> oh, bless uh, him. Wait, was that on TV? Yeah, so he... Was it? Wait, was that the radio one? Might have been... I think it might have been radio at that point. So he just did it like a little creak. In the <laughs> Basically, he fell through his chair as it was about to begin speaking. Which <laughs> 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 is quite funny. Uh, 1939, Montgomery Ward introduced Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the ninth reindeer. Montgomery Walsh is a company... Um, so basically, there was this short book that was written by Robert L. May, uh, and it was an assignment for Chicago-based store Montgomery Ward. So instead of um, buying and giving away colouring books um, to children and stuff, they decided to make their own because they thought it would be cheaper, um, and they ended up making like the most famous reindeer of all time. Oh, so they made it in a colouring book? Yeah. And, said and then I think, I, think there was, I think it was a little story that he coloured or something like that. Um, and then... He had other names that he chose not to use. One of them was Rollo, Royal, and one of Rollo. them Rollo, Rollo. Yeah, why did I say that right? It might not be Rollo. I don't it's know. Two L's. Yeah. Uh, and Reginald, I think it was also Romeo. Oh. Romeo, the, the red nose reindeer. Romeo, oh Romeo, we're out there with my presents, Romeo. I think Rudolph's the best. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, nineteen fifty, the coronation stone. Um, What's that? Why have I thought it's taken from Scone in Scotland? I think it's Scone. Is Scone a place in Scotland? I mean, you're looking at me. I'm not. A, <laughs> I'm not a map, but so basically, could be, yeah. this stone, this really famous stone in Scotland, had been stolen in 1296 by Edward the First, and then some Scottish people stole it back um, from Westminster Abbey and smuggled it back to Scotland. That's a bit late on, isn't it? Five hundred yeah. years later. 700 years later. 700 years later. 850, yeah. So, basically, Christmas Day 1950, four Scottish students um, stole the stone from Westminster Abbey. And uh, during their removal of it, the stone broke into two pieces. Oh. They buried the greater part of it in a Kent field, where they camped for a few days. Uh, and then they uncovered it and returned to Scotland, ran away with this guy, with another guy. Um... And then it was hidden for a short time in a trunk, in a trunk in the basement of some public affairs officer, even though he didn't know apparently, unknown to him. There's some gaps in this story, and then it was removed, um, and um, the smaller piece, because it's split into two, was brought into the north later, um, and then it was the entire stone was passed to a senior Glasgow politician who arranged it to be repaired. But the British government was searching for this stone. I don't know what the big deal is, but uh, their search proved unsuccessful. Um, and then it was left in Abroth Abbey. Abroth. Abroth Abbey, uh, in the safekeeping of the Church of Scotland. And then um, London police found out where it was, and they returned it to Westminster four months after it was removed. Um, but some people say that it was actually not the real stone. It was uh, not the original. It was a copy that oh, uh, someone had made. But, nevertheless, 1996, it was returned to Scotland and it's only used now at coronations. I don't understand this stone. It's a coronation stone. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically, it was Scotland, it was Scottish, British stole it in 1296. English, English stole it, sorry. English stole it in 1296. <laughs> Stolen back in 1950. London got it back 
four months later, but then they gave it as a gift to Scotland in nineteen ninety six. Um, but then they, they use it during coronations for something. <laughs> yeah, that's the bit I'm struggling with. I think it's probably like you have to touch it before you coronate it. It's quite, oh, I was thinking coronations with the knight, the sword, but mm, that's nice. Yeah. Mm. It's getting a little crown on your ass. Yeah, it's the yeah. crown and the set. So this is the last one. 1968. Apollo 8 orbits the moon. I ended on a really nice one. Christmas Eve 1968, um, it was one of the most turbulent, tragic years in American history, but millions came together around the world to watch and listen to the Apollo astronauts, Frank Borman, Jim Lovell and Bill Anders, and they became the first humans to orbit another world, another planet, it's not a planet, is it, another world. Um, so Borman recalled that uh, we were told that on Christmas Eve we would have the largest audience that had ever listened to a human voice, um, and the only instructions that we got from NASA were to do something appropriate, was to do something appropriate. I don't know why I've got a gap there. Um, so we decided to say the first 10 verses of Genesis, you know the book, book of Genesis, because he said that it was the foundation of many of the world's religions, not just the Christian religion. Um, and there are more people in other religions than the Christian religion around the world, and so it would be appropriate. Uh, and so that's how it came to pass. So. They basically read out, between the three of them, they read out the first ten verses of, like, on the first day, Jesus, not Jesus, God, built something. I don't know it very yeah, well, yeah. obviously. Um, and it's also very famous for the iconic Earthrise image, which Anders took. Um, so he took a picture of, I think, it's, is it the sun rising behind the Earth? Because he acts mm, like a, yeah. this. Can I ask a question? Hemisphere, yeah. You said they were the first people to orbit another world. Yeah, so they went up to... Uh, moon and they were in orbit around this the was moon. 68 after 58 oh 58 68, sorry. yeah so it's that moon 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 moon. 69 yeah moon and 69 oh, yeah, so, yeah. Okay. so it's the next year is, is the moon another world yeah what is it I just said it's, it's a moon it's a moon a moon I'll, I'll let you off Matt. first person yeah but it's still another place place yeah, uh, yeah. it's not a planet but it's uh, another it's a thing to yeah. it is a world though yeah sorry so, yeah, he took this um, picture. Um, oh, this is nice. Anders has said that despite all the training and preparation for an exploration of the moon, the astronauts ended up discovering Earth. <laughs> oh, very deep. Very deep. Because he took this lovely picture of Earth. Oh, okay. <sighs> well, well, as deep as I thought it was. Um, <laughs> so they went into orbit on December 21st um, and circled the moon 10 times on Christmas Eve. Um, and then it was time to come home. So, Christmas morning, Mission Control, we're anxious, waiting for a word that Apollo 8's engine, um, oh, their engine burn to leave the lunar orbit had worked so that they could get out of orbit. And they soon got confirmation where Lovell, Lovell radioed saying, Roger, please be informed, there is a Santa Claus. I would have been like, what are you, what are you, <laughs> are you out of orbit? <laughs> what is going on? But he said, yeah, there is a Santa Claus. And then the crew splashed down in the Pacific on December 27th, um, and a lunar landing was still months away, but for the first time ever, humans from Earth had visited the moon and returned home safely. Nice. And that's the end of my report. The big question, there's nothing next to it. <laughs> what is it? Um, oh, what a question. Right. This is a tough one to get a question yeah, for. Yeah, because it's not like one specific topic. No, it's, it's very uh, broad. It's good. Like you and it's... <laughs> is that a fat joke 
No, oh. voice joke. Wow. I've been took we've, we've had listeners down. we've had listeners down that have said I'm very broad mm. in my okay. voice. Very broad accent. Mm. How rude is that? It's, it's not rude. I'm very offended, it's listeners. <laughs> okay. I'll try and speak more eloquently in the future. Mm. Big word for you mm. in your broad accent. <laughs> What's the big question? The big question of the week. Big question for the week. Put the theme song in now. The, the big, big question. question. <laughs> Today's big question. Do, 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 do. Yeah, we're good. Um, I've never heard it live before. It's yeah, good, isn't it? It's, there's something special about it being, being done live. So, if uh, Christmas was banned, as it was in uh, Puritan times in the 17th century, what would you miss most about Christmas? Good question. And would you rebel? Would you be like playing Monopoly sneakily until they came knocking on your door and you'd be like, throw the board away? Did you think of that on the spot, that question? Yeah, I just scrolled down and I went past. Ah, that. Very quick. I know, I'll try. But then if they ban, they can't really ban Christmas because you just make a Christmas <laughs> dinner. You just make a Christmas dinner and they say, oh, we're just having a normal dinner. We're no, just but eating turkey today. This is the facts, right? Christmas. No, you'd be in work. You'd be in work. I, I've worked on Christmas Day before. Yeah, sure, okay. So you just, I'd, I'd write up, if I was a Puritan leader, this is me, I'm Matt, Governor Matt, um, right, we're having a Puritan non-Christmas this year, so no turkey, everyone has to go to work, no presents, no Christmas trees, no silly Christmas jumpers or socks or shirts, no fun. No decorations. No decorations. Definitely no Tim No advent calendars. I'd do it the day before. No day before Christmas is. <laughs> In the in December, no Christmas. No time off. Everybody works twenty four seven. Yeah, I just I just delay it then a month, the twenty fifth of January. Yeah, but you can't do Christmas at any point though. No. All oh, right, okay. So well. I'd I'd rock up on your twenty fifth of January. Be like, what are you doing? You'd be like, nothing. Yeah, all the tree. Tell on you as well. <laughs> yeah, I just like having a tree in my house. Yeah, but I'm like, well, I said no. He says here number five Puritan non Christmas rules: no trees in out indoors. Christmas right. isn't about commercialism though; it's about family. So if you spend time with your family, then. That's the right answer. Daniel wins this podcast. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> that was the right answer. What would you do, Ennis, then? I'd play, I'd play Monopoly. Right, I'm, you're going in jail. What about you? <laughs> Literally. I will play you, You've never played Monopoly, no, so why start it. now? Oh, right, sorry, I won't. I'll sit there. I'll sit there and work and be boring. Oh, well, I play Monopoly. I'm glad you, were, you abide by the rules of <laughs> Puritan no, you come in. You come in and you play Monopoly with me. Christmas Day in a Puritan household. <laughs> it's gonna be good. Do you wanna come, Matt? No, I'm in charge. I'm, you keen? I'm Governor Matt. I'm with my play. family. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a family do, isn't it? Yeah. Mm, it's a bit of a family. <laughs> Your day. family who, who who's one's the Puritan. <laughs> yeah. <leader. laughs> yeah, I'm not coming around. <laughs> for Christmas Day. Oh, so what would you miss? You not said what you'd miss. Oh, is that the question? Yeah, the, the question what was what would you miss? Right, well, Sorry, I, think I would miss the food. Turkey. I love the, uh, yeah. You don't eat turkey, though. What do you eat? Nut roast. I have nut roast. I recently have been having a quorn roast. <laughs> that sounds awful. awful. Yeah. Oh, quornful. Oh. <laughs> 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 Cut that. Um, it's going to be a lot of cutting this episode. Mm. Uh, a nut roast is okay. I don't like nuts, but on the whole, nut roast is not bad. Um, <laughs> That's rubbish, isn't it? You don't yeah. like nuts? But not roasts are okay. That's quite nice. Yeah. And <laughs> corn roast is quite nice actually. I enjoy that. Oh, good. With a bit of a veggie gravy. But that's not what I would miss most. Probably. 
and the day off. That's what I was thinking. Day off, yeah. Mm. That's what you were going to say. Maybe. Bit or of time the food. Off. Or the lead ups. It's nice. The lead up is good, but the, I feel like the day is always a disappointment. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and on that though. Well, <laughs> uh, no what idea. would you miss? What would I miss? Uh, I, I think the lead up and going to the Christmas markets and getting all festive, feeling festive, the feeling inside my heart, the warm, gooey feeling of Christmas love inside my heart. What's the worst part of Christmas? Um, I think it's about five o'clock. On Christmas Day. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone's gone home and there's like rubbish, well, there's good TV, but I don't watch Doctor Who. I don't watch Coronation Street or Emmerdale. This is very British. It's not good TV for you. Yeah. And then everyone's gone home, so it's just me and Matthew and my mum. Yeah. And that's it. And you just like mum's like, oh, there's an hour episode of Corrie on tonight. I'm like, I don't care. About you used that. to be able to play with all your presents when you were young, but now you just have a jumper. It's <laughs> <laughs> like playing my jumper. Yeah. So that's the worst part of Christmas Day. Five o'clock. Nearly, yeah, near the end. It's mainly just after. I feel just after the Queen's speech at three o'clock. That's when it starts dipping for me. It starts oh, amazing the in the speech? morning. Yeah. Yeah. I don't Interesting. Know. Whoa. You never know. Patriotic. One time they might fall through the chair. <laughs> <laughs> Tiny bugger Yes, love it. Oh no, I'd hate if she fell through a chair. She's so awesome. small. <laughs> then you just I get some. Uh, <laughs> then you can just watch reruns of yeah. Ball Wars, retain all of that together. <laughs> oh, Ball Wars. That has to be a thing at some point. So, on that note, we'll wrap it up. Um, should we do some plugging? Mm-hmm. Go yeah. on, someone else do it. So, you can find us on Twitter at, at Idiot History Pod. Yep. Lana Barry. Send us an email, idiothistorypod at gmail.com. Yep. Dan. <laughs> My Twitter account. <laughs> well, I'm, actually, Twitter I'm actually account. only on one follower on Twitter. Is that so me? No, it's uh, oh, I Sean, don't follow you. Sean Pilling. Okay. My my Twitter, I don't really use it, but it's Singy01. Singy01. <laughs> Go and harass Daniel for his animal cruelty. Yeah, if you've got any suggestions for Boar Wars, send them down to <laughs> Only Yeah. Um, any logos setting Dan's way? Um, I think that's everything, isn't it? Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, give us a nice review. Um, tell a friend. That's most important thing. Tell a mate. Um, you always say that. It's nice though, isn't it? <laughs> and yeah, give us a nice review. Oh, also we need to say that. We're, Merry we hit, Well, was that? We'll get to that. Oh, we hit a nice landmark of downloads. Yeah. Well, what did we get to? Five hundred. Five hundred biggins. So. So cheers. thanks for thanks for listening. And Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Bye. Oh, wow. What was <laughs> You did that early. Well, what, what um, say? well, speak to you next week. Bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs>
I don't listen to sports like cycling with Chris Hoy. I want a history podcast to listen to and enjoy. I want a history podcast for Christmas. I don't think Santa Claus will mind you. Chinese prostitutes, the birth of Lego toys. I want the history podcast with the one girl and two boys. I can see me now on Christmas morning, creeping down the stairs. Oh, the joy that brings to tears as I listen through my ears about the goings on of Birkenhead. I want a history podcast for Christmas. Only a history podcast will do. Mixing up the facts with some speculation That is all you need to broadcast to the nation Idiots Talk History Podcast